Join Dennis Seagrave for Den at Ten. Hello again. Well, here we are again, middle of another lockdown. Although Elaine and myself are classed as vulnerable, we've not shut ourselves away and sprayed everything that's come through the door. We go out once a week and do the shopping. Elaine will go out then probably once a week, picking up any fresh milk and bread that we need just to top up or any other things. But looking at how things have gone, we're not too bad off. I know I was talking to my brother the other day on the phone and I've not spoken to him for above 12 months. And he was saying he was getting bored now, getting fed up with it all. He's always been more outgoing than me. He's always liked his nights out, his evenings out. Whereas I play in the local quiz leagues, he's very keen on the cribbage leagues. Played crib for as long as I can remember. He'd done well over the years, won some quite nice things. But he was saying all that's come to a standstill and... He was voicing the same opinion as me about our quiz leagues. Will we get them back going again? Will people want to play? I know some of our older players in our quiz league are saying, well, I don't know, I'm not sure what will happen. Will I have the confidence to go out even when the lockdown is lifted, even when we get back into the more freer times when the pubs and clubs do open? Will I want to go? Questions to be asked and things to be solved, I think, there. But the lockdown this time seems to be, I don't know, we read more about the police fining people for doing things, for going out, for being somewhere. I can understand this when you read that people have travelled from somewhere like Manchester into Derbyshire just to get a, a McDonald's. Or somebody's travelled hundreds of miles to stay overnight somewhere. Yes, they are blatantly breaking the rules. But when you read that somebody's just travelled four or five miles to a, somewhere in the countryside or somewhere with plenty of open air and open spaces to get a bit of exercise, you query, is that taking it too far? The police say, oh, well, it's going against the spirit of lockdown. Well, yes, but the spirit of lockdown isn't breaking the law. It may be pushing it a little bit. But then again, what is the definition of local? Nobody's turned around and said how far you can travel or how far you can't travel to take exercise. I know we've tried it. We've sat here and thought, well... It's not really inspiring, it's not really encouraging me. If I could get in the car and drive off to the High Peak Trail, the Tissington Trail, or out into the countryside, I would do and thoroughly enjoy myself. Looking at nature, seeing sights, seeing things happening. But to get up and just walk round the housing estate and round streets that have just got houses there, it's not inviting me to do it particularly the way the weather's been just lately. If it's nice and sunny, you can 
walk to the local shop and back and pick the milk up rather than go in the car because it's raining. But we try, we try and follow the rules. I've occupied myself this week by going through my files of digital photos. I'd got them all organised on a PC that I've been using for years. Then storing all the different photos on a USB stick. I've got all the early ones on a set of CDs that I can get and access provided they're not corrupted themselves with standing for so long but within the space of a week the PC packed up and the USB stick somehow corrupted and I can't load it onto Elaine's laptop more recent photos are on Elaine's laptop plus a lot more that we've downloaded off the two phones that we've got but I am struggling to try and get the information that I want for my older photos. I'm a little bit down that I may well have lost them. During lockdown though I can't get to anybody with the PC to say can you salvage the stuff off the hard drive. I'm fairly confident they'll be able to because I think it's just the operating system that's failed on it. Something's corrupted in the actual Windows programming. I'm sure they'll be able to overcome that and get the stuff off it. But it's left me with a load of things that have been downloaded, particularly off the phones, that just have a date and when they were downloaded next to them or when the photo was taken. So I'm going through them all a bit at a time, putting them into folders under the heading that tells me where the photos were taken. I must admit I'm coming across some that I can't ever remember taking or being in the area to take those photos but as soon as I see the, the actual view I know where we are and what we were doing. But that's something that's just kept me occupied, something that's given me something to do. Just before Christmas I, uh, I treated myself, I saw it advertised through emails I get from Derbyshire County Cricket Club that uh, 2020 was the 150th anniversary of the founding of Derbyshire County Cricket Club and they'd done a, a book, a, a celebration giving all the highlights of those years so I treated myself to it and I've been reading that when I've settled down in an evening It starts way back in true history times, which was interesting reading, knowing where it had all come from, where it had all started, how they'd built up over the years. But then as time went on, I got to the part where they were talking about people like Harold Rhodes, Alan Ward, Jeff Miller, Mike Hendrick, Bob Taylor, Derek Morgan, Ian Buxton, he played football for Derby County as well as cricket for Derbyshire County Cricket Club. Till Brian Clough said he'd got to concentrate on one sport or the other for him. 
And I think he sold him to Mansfield because he wanted to play football and play his cricket. But I was reading all these people, all these names that I remembered. I remembered I didn't go so much to Derbyshire's games, but I read all about them in the local Burton paper. Looked at the scores, looked at who was doing what, who was being successful. And then as I was reading this book, I was looking at the dates. And <laughs> reading it, we're talking over 50 years ago. Where did all that time go? I remember my dad saying, enjoy it, because as you get older, time passes more quickly. And by heck, he were right. Where have all those years gone? As I say, I didn't go often to Derbyshire's games, but uh, we did occasionally, particularly if they were playing at Burton. We'd go to Burton and watch them there. Derby's ground was a bit more difficult to get to when you hadn't got any transport of your own and you're relying on buses or trains or whatever. I remember one year we decided we'd go and watch them at Burton. We used to go on a Sunday if they got a Sunday league match at Burton or if they got a county championship match over four days we'd go to that. I know this one day, it was a Sunday match and buses weren't that frequent on a Sunday so my pal and I said we'll hitch it we'll go on the corner of the main street and the A38 and we'll thumb a lift the A38 not being as busy then as it is now you could, you could do it the A38's more like a motorway now with stuff zooming through but we tried it then, and a young lady in a Volkswagen Beetle pulled over, old, old up, a sun hat in the back, I don't know whether she was going to a wedding, I think she said, or a christening or something, but she was old, old up and got a fancy hat in the parcel shelf in the back of the car. So Roy jumped in the back, I jumped in the front and off we went chatting along quite merrily as we went and we got to the old Branston flyover to turn into Burton so she pulled off the A38 and up onto the old flyover bit of the roundabout at one point steering with the knees so she could light a cigarette which she seemed to be in control but I knew in the back my mate was getting a bit worked up watching how she was driving. As we went down the slip road the other side, off the roundabout and down onto the Branston Road going into Burton, she was on totally the wrong side of the road and zooming along quite merrily, steering one-handed and smoking. And she looked at me and she says, this is a one-way street, isn't it? And a strangled, no, it's not came out of the back seat behind me and yeah it was a two-way bit of road only single carriageway but it was two-way and you're on the wrong side of the road look. but she corrected it and we got there safely in the end dropped us off and we enjoyed a great day out but these are the things that you you do you we didn't think anything of it nowadays with this 
more publicity for things that go wrong when people do this that makes you wonder. I'd not been to any cricket for quite some time but my lad had taken an interest in it and he'd been to one or two of the 2020 matches at Derby. Thoroughly enjoyed himself, he come back with a fancy hat and a couple of things for clapping with and all sorts. I had the chance of some tickets to go and watch Derbyshire last season. Sorry, season before. We were in lockdown last season, weren't we? And uh, I said, yeah, I'll go to that. We'll have a look. Elaine said she'd come with me. She'd never been to anything like that before. And my lad kept saying, oh, I don't know whether you'll enjoy it. It's not like it used to be when you went, you know. I said, look, it's cricket. I'll enjoy it. I like my cricket. I used to enjoy playing it. Played it quite a bit at one stage. Local Orm Cup knockout competitions. Played for several different teams in that. We got to the final one year. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But he said, you know, well, you know, well, see what you think when you get there. Well, we went and found ourselves a decent seat in front of the pavilion. And different things happened prior to the match and then the match started. Somebody hit a four. And Neil Diamond started singing Sweet Caroline and everybody was bouncing along to it and waving their arms. Other things happened during the course of the game and music played and people were cheering and singing along. I'm thinking, yeah, you're right. This is different to when I used to come. The old days of sitting there in almost total silence and then a little ripple of applause and, oh, fine shot, old boy, and that sort of thing seemed to have gone completely. But probably in terms of enjoyment and encouraging people to come, it's probably probably better for the game. I think people were there, a drink in their hand, and thoroughly enjoying themselves. So yeah, I can go along with it. I've been to some strange cricket matches in my time. I know at Oruwus, they opened a new pavilion and to mark the occasion they had a bit of a do, as you might say. And Rachel Hayhoe bought the England women's cricket team there and took on Oruus in a match for that. But about that same time, when the touring team came to play in the test matches, there wasn't the pressure on them then that there is now. And I remember the West Indies coming to Oriwus to play Oriwus in a friendly game. Calypsos and reggae music going on all night through the pavilion windows. I once went to Walton, where Walton were due to play the Australians. It was rained off, unfortunately, but they were all there. We went into the 
marquee as they'd got up as the function area where they were due to have lunches and teas and such like. Walking through there I bumped into Dennis Compton and Richie Benno. That was quite a moment for me. I was, as I say, big into the idea of cricket and to meet those these two legends standing side by side was, was quite amazing. I'll never forget that moment. Yeah, as I say, I enjoyed my own cricket. I could bat a bit and I could bowl a bit. And I didn't mind fielding in the slips. I could catch fairly well and you didn't have to run about too much if you were in the slips. But I played... The, I played a, quite a bit of, as I say, home cup matches where you represented the scouts or represented a local pub or whatever. We all put different teams in and played these knockout cup games. One or two innings stand out, really, one or two matches. I know one game I was keeping wicket and... Uh, Somebody snicked a ball and I went across and dropped on my knee to try and collect it and my trousers split from knee to crotch. One quick snap and the whole lot had gone. I don't know how many overs were left but it was quite drafty standing there fielding like that. I don't know what they could see from the pavilion but uh, that was how I played the game out. I know I played one match, and I was never a fast runner between the wickets. I played in a charity match once, and somebody commented that when me and Dick were batting, and I hit a, a ball and shouted for a run, we ran as best as we could at that time, and then we stood debating whether we could get a second run out of it. When I got back to the pavilion, I was told that... A, we had probably just run the slowest two runs ever recorded in the history books. But it were two runs, I didn't care. On the other hand, I, uh, I batted once in the Orm Corp and the person at the other end was a sprinter. He was calling for runs that I thought I would never make. I was throwing myself down the last five yards bat out in front of me trying to scramble into the into the crease before the ball was returned from the fielder. I'd never come off a cricket pitch so dirty in my life as that day. I'd slid for yards along the ground with my bat out trying to make up make my ground. On the other hand I played one game there was one of the seniors of the club was at the other end batting. Now I thought I was doing quite well. I could see the ball well, I was centering it on the bat, I was keeping it well away from my wicket, I was sending it out into the field. And I'd hit the ball, watch it go and shout for a run, only to be sent back by this other guy. I pulled one to square. Yes, I shouted. No, he said. I thought, this is daft, this. Now, we didn't need that many runs to win the game, so I wasn't really bothered. 
I square cut one. Yes, I shouted. No, he said. But then when he was batting, when they were bowling at his end, everything he hit, we had to try and get a two. Or he hit it to the boundary. And I thought, this ain't right. I'm knocking runs for at least, or knocking a ball that'll get us at least one run, if not two. And he's stopping me going. It wasn't until I saw the chap's son after the game, he said, yeah. I said, well, what was up with him? I said, I was, I was getting scoring runs, we were fine. Ah, he said, you didn't look at the scoreboard properly. I said, what do you mean? We were putting runs on. Ah, he says, my dad was on 35 and he wanted, we only wanted 20 to win and he wanted his 50. He wanted to get at least 15 of the 20 runs we needed, he says, so you didn't stand a chance. I said, all right, as good as that, is it? A selfish player. But he was right, we won the game. I was not out at the end. He was not out and he got his 50. But at the time, it seemed to me as a bit selfish. At that time, I was all over the place doing different things, what with the scouts and the youth club we tried to run and other things that I was doing. I didn't play that much cricket. I played a lot of football, because that was over and done with in the morning or an afternoon, whereas cricket, if I'd have played for the village, I'd have been two or three times a week and out there for quite a considerable time and I didn't want to spend that much time away from other things that I enjoyed doing. As time's gone on I've regretted it. I enjoyed my cricket and I want that bad at it. I think I could have done a lot better with more practice. I had some decent times playing. Limited overs games I thoroughly enjoyed. Both batting and bowling, I had quite a bit of success at that. But time went on, I got older, I moved away from that area. And like everything else, my football, my scouting and my cricket were, were forgotten for a while. I was in a, a new area, didn't know the people around here, didn't know the different clubs. But we survived, we got on, started doing the quizzes instead. Never really regretted it, but I wished I'd done a bit more. Talking so long about cricket, I was up in Skipton a couple of years ago, walking down the canal side, as is my want whenever I'm away anywhere. If I find a canal, I go and have a look. And across the canal I could see a statue and I thought, oh, looks like he's playing cricket there. Looks like somebody bowling. So we, we found a bridge, crossed the canal, walked down the other side and it was a statue of Fred Truman, the England fast bowler. Right in the moment of delivering the ball, hunched over, Shirt sleeves flapping, hair flowing in the wind. And I thought, yeah, 
one of the all-time greats, first man to take 300 test wickets. But it reminded me of a, a story I heard about Fred. He was bowling and this batsman came in. The first ball hit him on the shin. How's that, shouts Fred. Thought he got him LBW. Not out, says the umpire. Right. Second ball comes down. Flips up into the air, caught by the wicketkeeper. How's that, says Fred. Not out, says the umpire. In he comes again for his third ball. Totally destroys the man's wicket. Stumps and bales flying in all directions. Fred just turned casually and walked back and said, I nearly had him that time, didn't I? Another instance in similar vein. I mean, they only called him Fiery Fred for one reason, and that's because his pace in those days was stunning. He opened the bowling, and his first ball whistled past this man's ear. Second ball, he had to really duck and crouch down as the ball shot over the top of his head. Third ball cracked him across the knuckles. The fourth ball reared up and he had to throw himself backwards as the ball passed just under his nose. At that, the man started walking towards the pavilion. The umpire said, where are you going? You're not out. That's what you think, he says. It's bloody dangerous out, do you? And these are the sort of stories that if you read books about cricket and cricket history, you find these sort of things. And this is why I'm thoroughly enjoying reading about Derbyshire County Cricket Club over the years. The famous players, the achievements they've made winning the county championships, the Nat West Trophy, the old Benchon and Hedges Cup, some of which I can remember. Even though, looking at the dates, it's further away than I care to remember. I like to think of it as a recent event, and it's some people's lifetimes away. But on a dark and wet and cold night, it's reading things like that that give a bit of warmth. Yeah, I remember that. Talk to you again soon. Ta-da for now.